Plum Creek Church, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three important relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something he wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you leave encouraged and closer to him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at plumcreek.church or on social media to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. It's a secure connection with simple instructions to get set up. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Well, good morning, Plum Creek. How are you? Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'd like to give uh, a greedy hello or greetings as well to those that are next door uh, in our additional seating area. So thanks, you guys, for, for uh, being here as well. Merry Christmas. What a great time of the year. The, the images that we just saw of the packages being unwrapped are things that undoubtedly we're probably going to be seeing here uh, just in the next few hours, if not first thing tomorrow. And I was thinking about uh, presence and kind of how that, how that progresses over, over the season of our, of our kids' lives. And maybe you remember when they're very young, you try and find something that you think your young toddlers would be interested in, only to find that they're more interested in the box or the bow. Have you been there before? <clears throat> yes. And then, of course, there's this uh, toy of the year. It seems every year there's a toy of the year, and it's hard to find and more expensive than it should be. Or, as our kids get a little older as teenagers, it ends up being that the packages are much smaller, yet cost so much more, right? We've all been there. Uh, and then as we uh, get a little older, undoubtedly, uh, maybe uh, this year it's jewelry or a new set of golf clubs or uh, a new fly rod, or maybe uh, for you it's uh, a new purse or a vacation or a condo, a condo in Vail or Cabo that you would love to share with your favorite pastor. That would be awesome. That would be awesome if you got that for Christmas this year. At some point, though, as we get older, and, and perhaps it's years, or perhaps it's just perspective that we gain that changes some things, I believe if we're honest with each other and we believe that it would be possible to find it, I'll bet you deep inside of all of us would be a desire to find peace, to find peace. And when we talk about peace, um, we're talking about in our culture this passion to find peace of mind to find peace in our homes, in our marriages, peace with our kids and our grandkids, in our other relationships, financial peace. Perhaps it's peace in your health, or maybe it's peace on earth. 
And we all have an idea of what peace would look like. Let me show you my picture. There's my picture of peace right there. Oh yeah, that's when we're using your condo in Cabo, by the way. (laughs) But if peace were a commodity, it would sell for a pretty penny because in our world, it seems as though peace is more elusive and in short supply than ever before. And much of the reason for this is due to the fact that I think we have Uh, in our culture, a a very interesting perception of what peace looks like. You see, we think peace are those things that I just mentioned that are on the outside. We think that peace is to be found when uh, our lives are in order on the outside, when relationships are right and finances are right and health is right and all of those kinds of things seem to be clicking, then we have peace. Well, today, today we're gonna finish our Christmas series that we started at the beginning of this month We've been looking at four very unique names from a prophecy in Isaiah that was written 700 years before Jesus was born. Four separate names that also are a clue to us about the dynamics of the gift that our Heavenly Father sent us in His Son. And they are delivered prime and on time. But they're amazing gifts. So let me read this passage of Scripture, Isaiah 9, 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, The government will rest on his shoulders. And here are those four names that we've been looking at. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. What does that look like this year as we celebrate Christmas to understand that his gift is a a Prince of Peace to each of us? It seems that it's just as needed now, if not more than ever before, and for, for lots of different reasons, and, and you might just even think about that for just a minute. What is it in your life that seems to, to kind of take peace away the quickest? What is it in your life that kind of is, is the antithesis of peace, the thing that causes you to be the most restless in your soul? If we're honest, this time of year is one that just kind of increases that stress and seems to magnify everything that robs us of our stress if we're not careful. It can be a crazy time of the year, and it would seem that these things would be in direct opposition to the peace that we're looking for. So let me take you back to a field some 2,000 years ago where there are some shepherds out in a field taking care of their sheep, and some angels appear to them, and this passage of scripture is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, understandably so. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you, and what are those words? Good news, good news. So as I was reflecting on this passage of scripture and thinking about that, I was thinking about those times when the phone might ring or you might get a text and it says, hey, I have good news and I have bad news. And immediately when someone says that, you like begin to brace yourself for what could be coming, right? That's true for all of us. Um, And here's what I found in those scenarios. Whatever it is that is the biggest news, whether it's good or bad, seems to overshadow everything else, right? Let me give you an example. Let's just say you get a a text message, and maybe it's from a friend or from your spouse or maybe from one of your kids, and it says this, 
I've got good news and I've got bad news. Just give me the, the good news, okay? Perfect. Good news, the airbags in your car work great, right? So whatever is the biggest news, whatever is the greatest news seems to overshadow the rest. So what was this good news that these angels were talking about? Let's look at verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, now pay close attention, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. We celebrate a baby who ultimately becomes our savior. And part of the plan of our heavenly father is that there would be a way for you and I to find this peace that seems so elusive because his son was called the prince of peace, the prince of peace. And so when I hear that, I think about this Christmas story and I wonder how those people are feeling that are experiencing that first Christmas I think about this story and it doesn't seem, in my mind, to be very peaceful. A teenage girl named Mary who finds out she's pregnant by, by God and that's a tough one to explain. That doesn't seem very peaceful. And as the story unfolds, she's nine months pregnant and they've got to travel 70 or 80 miles on a donkey. Likely at least a four-day journey and that doesn't seem very peaceful. I remember when our first son Josh was born, I took Beth to the hospital in a Toyota Camry and it wasn't peaceful. I can't even imagine what it would be like on a donkey. And we're talking pregnant on a donkey. Who's signing up for that? Four days, it doesn't seem peaceful to me. And so, oh dear Joseph pulls into every hotel and everything's booked up. No hotel six, no nothing. So Joseph negotiates a deal with a guy and he heads back out to the donkey and gives Mary, ready to give birth Mary, this little, I've got good news and I've got bad news, babe. I found us a place. But tonight, we're gonna sleep in a barn. Can you imagine how that one went down, guys? Like Mary's like, hotels.com? Come on, Joe. No reservations, I can't even imagine. And then add to the craziness in such an undignified way, this baby is born in a barn. And then likely you know the story, those shepherds that we were talking about, after the angels appear to them, they decide that they need to see this baby firsthand. So they make the trek back to Bethlehem and knock on the door of the barn. Can you imagine Mary now, ladies? Like, oh boy, what now? And Joseph goes to the barn door and turns back around to Mary and is like, hey, uh, babe, there's some stinky shepherds here that would like to come in for a visit. Can you imagine? That doesn't, no, Joseph, a bad time. It's a bad time. Oh, but Mary, there were angels again, just like we saw. You know the story and the promise of peace. Let them in. 
So when I look at this story, it seems as though these circumstances would be completely out of control. But if you've read it closely, it's so amazing to me that that's not what's happening at all. There's some kind of different peace that is in spite of the crazy circumstances that surround the whole story. We've got these shepherds, and after they've seen this this baby, look at verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Look at Mary, you'd think that she would be kind of in a frazzled state of postpartum depression, but she's not. Look what it says about her in Luke 2.19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. There's this serenity, there's this peace, there's something that defies the circumstances. And then one of the things that just amazes me so much that helps us understand this peace even more is to see what happens now to these shepherds. Look at verse 20, and this is for each of us that are here today. The shepherds returned. Where did they return to? The field. They returned to the field, back to the sheep, back to the normalcy of life, which is going to happen for all of us here in a couple of days as this holiday season is over. But they returned changed, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told, back to the normal routine, but complete and whole. There's a different kind of tranquility about this. There's a rest there, and this is a different kind of peace. This is a different kind of peace than we oftentimes see people chasing after in our culture today that we all chase after. But here's what that baby Jesus said a few years later about the peace, the prince of peace, the peace that he was bringing. In John 14, 27, Jesus was speaking and he says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, he is the prince of peace and he wants all of us to be able to experience this. But this peace is in spite of the circumstances around us. So my main thought over this Christmas Eve weekend is this. God's peace is on the inside. God's peace is on the inside. And experiencing Jesus brings peace. Look back again at verse 14 of this story in Luke 2. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. But now look, it's not for everyone. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You see, it's not, for, uh, it's not that everyone has it, but everybody can have it. How does that happen? It's, again, independent of the externals, but very dependent on the internals. Look at Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have, what's the word? Peace. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. It's because of his peace It's because of what this baby has done for us and ultimately did for us on the cross. And some of you here today would be thinking, you know, Doug, I don't have this peace that you're talking about. I don't have this peace with God. And you simply need to take a step of faith and allow him to become the Lord of your life. You simply need to receive the gift that he's given to you personally. I think this verse explains it well in Ephesians chapter two. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus 
Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Outside of him, we have no peace. In relationship with him, we have a peace that scriptures say defies all understanding. This is a life that is alive with an eternal perspective that due to what he did for us, we can have hope for eternity. And when we have that hope, when we know that that is our destiny, all the externals, yeah, they will have impact on us. But ultimately, we know what our destiny is. And it brings a different kind of peace, a peace that we find deep inside of our hearts because of our relationship with him and because what he's done. And it's only when we understand this gift this gift that today we call the Prince of Peace, that we can be able to attain the peace that defies understanding. Can you bow your heads for just a moment? Perhaps you're here today and you would say, you know, Doug, I, I haven't experienced this peace that you're talking about. And maybe you would say today, boy, I don't even know how I ended up here. Maybe it was by the invitation of a friend or perhaps it was an invitation of a family member and you're here and, and there's something about the holidays that just draw you to church and you're here and you, you realize you're chasing this elusive peace in lots of different ways and today you know you need to find peace on the inside that brings peace despite the externals because it's peace in your heart and your soul and if that's you and you're here today and you'd say you know what Doug would you just pray with me because it's not been very peaceful lately. And I, I want this peace you're talking about. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you and you're here today, would you just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying with? And just say, Doug, I need that peace. Thank you, I see you guys. Anyone else? Yeah, you bet. You bet, lots of hands today. I got you in the back, I see you waving. Yeah, you can put them down. You bet, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that part of the gift that you have brought to me is that I can have peace in my heart because it's a peace that comes from you. And I know that I've fallen short of your perfect standard. I need you. I need you in my life. And so today I ask you to forgive me and I thank you that you weren't just a baby in a manger, but you ultimately went to the cross and you went for me. You paid the price for me and so today I can experience relationship, personal relationship with you and hope for eternity that, that will bring peace on the inside. A peace that's even something that we experience despite the externals around us. And so today I invite you to be the Lord of my life and I thank you, I thank you for true peace. And Lord, for the rest of us in the middle of the celebrating that we're doing for those that have already said yes to you and have a relationship with you, Lord, will you help us to just land in that place this next couple of days where we're reminded that part of the gift that came at Christmas was that you are called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Our ushers are gonna come and they're gonna help us hand out some communion elements. And we practice open communion at Plum Creek, which means that um, 
It's not about church membership. We don't even do that. It's, it's truly about your personal relationship with the Lord. And today, we would love to just take a moment to be reflecting on what ultimately this baby did when he went to the cross. And so we're gonna do that together. So if you would take your communion elements and there's uh, two little tabs that you'll pull, one that will uh, get you to the bread and one that will open uh, the rest of the way uh, to, the, um, to the juice. We would love to take communion with you. And also, while we're preparing for that, if you uh, raised your hand or if you prayed with me and said that you would like to invite the Lord to be the Lord of your life, um, and that's you, um, we have some packets that we would love to get in your hands as you're leaving. They look like this one right here. And if you would grab one of these, they're on little tables back by the doors. We would love for you to have uh, these materials that will help you on your journey of faith. As we're handing out these elements, I want you to just take a look at them real quick once you've gotten them out of the, those little packages. And I want you to remember that what they, what they represent is his body that was broken and his blood that was shed for you. And I think it's really important and actually appropriate on Christmas Eve for us to be able to do this together and to be reminding ourselves of all that he has done for us. And so will you do me a favor after you've gotten that open, would you just bow your head for just a moment and would you just in your own words thank him for what he's done for you, the gift that he gave to you when he went to the cross. Will you just do that with me here real quick? Just use your own words and thank him for that. What we're celebrating is Emmanuel, God with us. God who came to give us new life. And so today, Lord, we thank you that you sent your son. And we thank you that he was willing to go to the cross for us. We thank you that we can celebrate your birth. But Lord, we also celebrate the price you paid and your resurrection because you're still alive today. And you are still with us even in this moment. And so we thank you. Will you take the bread and the cup? Now, in the same kind of spirit of reflection, thinking about uh, our Emmanuel that is here with us in this moment, will be with you wherever you go, even as the shepherds when you go back into the normal routine of life. We're going to have the team come back and Tony's going to sing this song and just with a tender heart will you listen to the words of this song and allow the Lord to continue to just help your perspective to be right today as we think about this incredible baby that is still here and with us today because he is our Prince of Peace. Let's listen to this song together. Thank you. 
Can we give the Lord a clap offering uh, this morning? Can you do me a favor too? Can you stand to your feet? Kids, thank you so much. We don't get to have you in here every week. It's fun to have you here. Are you excited about Christmas? Yeah. All right. Well, I know you haven't activated your glow stick yet. So if you would just make sure you do that, that would be awesome. Crack that glow stick and get it ready to go. And while we're doing that, let me, for those of you that don't know some of the history of our church, we do this uh, different here. We always use glow sticks because in the early days of our church, we met in a movie theater. Actually, for the first seven years, we met in a movie theater together and they, they wouldn't allow us to use candles. So we became a glow stick church. And it's kind of fun because the kids get to take them home anyway. And so listen, kids, I need your help because that baby, Jesus, a few years after he was born, said that he's not just a baby, that he is our savior. And that savior became the light of the world. That is powerful. And so today, what I want to do is, is uh, just take this second together before we go and, and, and be reminded that he is the light of the world. And we're going to, kids, listen, I need your help, okay? I need you to be really loud. Can we practice this one time? On a count of three, I need you to raise your glow stick as high as you can, and I need you to yell with lots of enthusiasm, he is the light of the world. Can you do that for me? We're going to practice one time. Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. All right, parents, we get a chance to help them now. And I want to do this twice. And the first time, I want you to look up when you, when you put your light up in the air. And I want you to think about this Jesus that became the light of the world. Can we do that together? Ready? One, two, three. He is the light of the world. And now listen, what's been fun over the course of our celebrating Christmas Eve together is to see all these glow sticks uh, collectively being raised. And what that reminds me of is the influence that we can have when we love like he does, when we help others to experience the Prince of Peace. And together, if we will live the way that he's called us to live and allow his love to be seen through us, boy, that the difference that we can make, whether it's here in this valley or wherever you call home, it's powerful. So this time I want you to look around. We're gonna do it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Hold him up. He is, leave him up, leave him up. Leave him up for a second. Look around. You guys, I'm telling you, this could be so powerful. And let's make sure that part of our celebrating includes helping others to be able to experience the light of the world as well. Listen, we're so grateful for the opportunity to spend a little bit of Christmas Eve together. And uh, before I step off the platform and allow the team to finish singing Silent Night, I want to pray this very famous prayer of benediction over you and listen to the words. Because at the end, it's so powerful, you might have missed it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That's my prayer for each and every one of you this Christmas. God, let it be so.